the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Um, this is Paul Batura. You're listening to What a Life, Lessons from Legends. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, first part of our conversation, we were talking with uh, David Baker, who's the former president and chief executive of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I'm delighted he's agreed to hang on with us for uh, some more conversation. Uh, a fascinating life, a fascinating man who has seen a lot, and I think we can learn a lot uh, from him. Uh, David, uh, just before the break, I referenced a gentleman named Ron Kohler, who I, I'm sure has gone on to his eternal reward by now. But when you hear that name, what comes to mind? Well, Ron is actually still around, and uh, he's, uh, I won't say his age, but he's really up there. Uh, <laughs> but he, when I retired, he called me uh, to say how incredible it was that I was retiring and he still worked. <laughs> but uh, he is that kind of guy. And Ron was a guy who loved USC. And, and in my life, um, you know, again, I'm so grateful for my mom and dad. But I didn't have a whole lot of uh, adult influence in my life other than coaches and a few people who would intervene just charitably in it. Because uh, my dad didn't have that sophistication in when I was trying to decide on colleges or something else, my dad didn't have the ability to uh, lay out the options or to pick a direction. He just, he worked hard and he loved me. And that's all I needed. And that's all I got. And, uh, uh, but I was fortunate through a lot of coaches to have other people in my life. And while Ron was a businessman, he loved athletics. And at the First Baptist Church in Downey, uh, Ron was a very successful um, kind of manager of properties and apartments. And um, he had a Cadillac. And let me tell you, when I was a young kid, I thought that was the greatest thing mm. in the world. Big car. And, uh, and, and this guy would, out of his own pocket, uh, pay to get us in volleyball tournaments or basketball tournaments or three-on-three basketball tournaments. And he would always invite these young kids and it was kind of traveling teams before there were traveling teams. But he would open up that Cadillac, and out of the back of that trunk, uh, he would pull out a, um, a shopping bag uh, that was full of jerseys that I'm sure his wife had washed the night before. I hope she had. <laughs> and the other shopping bag had a bunch of Bibles in it. And before the game, or before those the, day, the game for that day, if we were in the tournament, uh, in order to get a jersey, you had to participate in the Bible study. And uh, he just went through uh, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And it was really through that guy and a number of other things in Christian camps uh, that I came to know Jesus Christ. And Ron was a remarkable guy. He he had a Bible study at his house at 10 o'clock on Friday night. And there would be hundreds of kids at his house. Hmm. And because it was a Bible study... Um, people would go to the football game or the basketball game in high school, and then they'd go to Ron's house afterwards. And because it was a Bible study, your parents were okay with you staying out till midnight. 
And, and uh, so, by the so way, that was for strategic. guys, there were girls there. For girls, there were guys there. That was strategic and, and, on his part, right, to do a late time. I, yeah. I think it was a wonderful uh, uh, ministry strategy, without a doubt. Uh, but uh, through this guy, I think I got to understand what it is to be a Christian man, uh, what it is to be somebody who's forgiven, and what it is to be somebody who is not perfect, but struggles in life to every day be more Christ-like. And uh, when I left the uh, Arena Football League as a commissioner there, uh, you know, you have your name on the ball, uh, just like Mr. Goodell has his name on the ball in the NFL. And I took five balls, and I gave them to the people who I thought had impacted my life the most. And the first ball I gave was to Ron Kohler. Mm. Uh, not just because he impacted my life, but as a believer in Jesus Christ and as someone who is forgiven because of the grace of Jesus Christ, sacrifice on the cross and resurrection from the dead. Um, because of Ron Kohler, when he or I pass on from this life, I'm not going to lose him because I'm going to get to see him in eternity as well. Boy, that's great. Now you, uh, very athletic, obviously as a kid, but a tall guy. And if I remember, you're, you were too tall to play football. Is that right? Well, I, I, I was I was big. Frankly, I mean, I was, I was a perfect candidate for football. And, you know, Commissioner Tagliabue, who played basketball as well, we used to talk about this. But um, in, in those days, football would lose a lot of kids because uh, where I was, they weighed you. And based upon your weight, you would play in the divisions. And I was a big kid early. So I actually would have played with kids that were five years older than me, and that didn't work, you know, when you're eight or nine or ten years old out of that. And it, it, uh, so I got into basketball, and I went to a high school that was uh, a three-year high school, so it was kind of a short high school career, a little shorter. And uh, I understood out of that that I was, gonna, I was good enough to potentially get a scholarship into school. And uh, so I didn't play football. Uh, that scholarship got me to UC Irvine. I ultimately had the privilege of serving as a councilman and mayor in, in Irvine. Uh, but it also, uh, I did well enough in, as a uh, graduate student at UC Irvine uh, to get a partial NC2A uh, postgraduate scholarship, which helped me through law school. And, and then I also played with a Christian basketball team in Europe and then played in Europe. So um, I have a football body, Paul. I have a football mentality. I like hitting people and getting hit. Um, I love the three-dimensional chess uh, that's involved with um, offense, defense, and special teams. Um, but uh, basketball is kind of uh, what allowed me to have an indica- education that my parents didn't have. Uh, it introduced me to people all around the world. Mm. So I'm grateful for that. There's probably a lot of guys on offense who are fortunate you didn't play football. <laughs> well, I mean, we corrected it in the next generation uh, with both my boys. Uh, one played at USC when they were winning uh, 35 straight, and we had that consecutive win record at that time in college. Uh, and the other one uh, went to Duke to play football, uh, where they were losing 22 straight. <laughs> but uh, So we had both records at our house when we set out for dinner. Uh, but what was great for me as a father was both of those guys were learning wonderful lessons from coaches. Mm. Uh, they were learning 
unfortunately, I think these days, I'm grateful to all of our educators. Um, they're such critical people in the lives of our children. Um, but sometimes school has become about information and how to process it. And really what we need to be doing is teaching life and how to live it. And that is what a coach does. Uh, I think for most of us, uh, again, no disrespect to our educators, but when we get into a life crisis, uh, either um, some integrity issues in our life or financial issues or health issues or whatever it is, um, trying to save our marriage or survive a divorce, None of us go back to our calculus teacher or uh, geometry teacher, mm. uh, but almost all of us uh, who participate in athletics go back to our coach. Yeah. And, and I believe the reason for that is this guy taught you the critical thing that when you get knocked down, get up. And when you can't go on, keep going on. And so in my life, I was grateful to have a lot of people in, in my life that help me keep going on and keep getting up. Yeah, these uh, these wise words are are that of David Baker, who is with us today. I'm Paul Batura. You're listening to What a Life, uh, David. I I can completely relate to you and relate to this. I I certainly never was a college athlete. I'm a runner, but uh, growing up, there are three men who influenced me, and I remain in touch with all of them. Uh, one was a PE gym teacher. The others were baseball and basketball coaches, great men who I admired and looked up to. And as I said, they still are in my life, and I'm, gr- I'm grateful, uh, so grateful for that. You, you mentioned your career and uh, have done so many things. You mentioned being a mayor and being a councilman. Uh, did you enjoy that? I mean, being a mayor is sometimes considered thankless work. You know, you go to everything, including envel- you know, opening of an envelope, and then you have people upset all the time and different issues. What was your experience like? Well, again, kind of like the um, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, what I really enjoyed was the platform was a great opportunity to make a difference in other areas. Uh, we built the Boys and Girls Club. We helped uh, build an arena for the university where I played. We, uh, there, a performing arts theater. And, and Irvine was such a unique place where um, – uh, it, you know, it was the first master plan community in the United States, or probably in the world. And they really did it right. And I learned from some wonderful people uh, how important a job is and how important a tax base is. And, you know, one job feeds four families. But, you know, it also provides taxes that pay for infrastructure and for education and for, you know, uh, police and fire safety and to understand how that community works, it was a really great experience. Uh, but it was hard. It was hard on uh, me. It was hard on my family. Uh, I think it's extremely disorienting the way we do it. With you know, you're bound to be criticized by a million people. Uh, and I learned some things out of that. And I clearly in my life, there was a time when I was running for Congress and I made mistakes and I failed. And and yet, I think. Kind of like going back to you know the last thing we talked about it because some people taught me to get up when you get knocked down, uh, even when it's your own fault and something you screwed up that it did. Um, I think when you get to that point where you make a mistake and you lose everything, which I did, 
um, the only thing you've got are your values and your faith. And I, I am absolutely confident that at a moment in time when I had lost everything, uh, you know, I, I screwed up when I was running for Congress, and uh, but I'd lost my profession for a while. I'd lost uh, my job. I'd lost uh, my wife uh, out of this. Um, when you have nothing, I'm confident that that's when I had Jesus Christ most. Hmm. Uh, it was him and me. And, and, and how do we go forward from here? And he wasn't going to let me stop. And through that, um, boy, I'll tell you, I learned a lot of great stuff. So I, I don't ever want to run for anything. I, I told my wife that if I do, shoot me first. <laughs> uh, but um, but I'll tell you, I, I, it, it, it was a painful time in my life, Paul, not only for me, but for a lot of other people who believed in me and who uh, loved me, and I let them down. Um, but, you know, uh, if I could go back and change it uh, respectfully, I don't think I would. Because I think God had a purpose even in that, and it is to teach me that he could forgive the worst things I do. Mm. Uh, God is there not only in the great wins, but he's there in the great losses. And there's a verse in Ecclesiastes that says, in good times rejoice, and when we win, we have big parties. But he says, in bad times, consider. Mm. And there are a lot of things to consider during that time that have uh, helped me through the rest of life and helped my children. Yeah, it's made you who you are. I was, uh, you know, you're out there in California, right near Disneyland, and Disneyland, uh, or not Disneyland, but the Disney company just turned 100. And I was reading, yet, uh, the, we're recording here on this day and just the day before, Walt Disney, it's the anniversary of Walt Disney making his way from Kansas City to California, and he had $40 in his pocket. He had failed multiple times, and he said, sometimes a kick in the teeth is the best thing for you because you learn a lot more that way than you do succeeding all the time. And um, I think yeah. I think you're you're speaking uh, certainly to that. Um, boy, that's uh, vulnerable. David, if you could, if you're right now talking to somebody who is at the lowest ebb of their life, if they've made a huge mistake. Um, it's one thing to say to get back up, but what's, what's the, what's something practical you can tell someone right now? I mean, you've been there, you've lived it. Uh, someone stumbles upon this show and is listening. You're, you're listening to David Baker. I'm Paul Batura. This is what a life we're talking about success, but success certainly doesn't come easy. It, it often comes from failure, but what, what's your, if you were sitting across the table from someone who's at their low ebb, what do you, what do you say to them? Yeah, Paul, I, yeah, I didn't go into great detail about my failure, but let me tell you, um, I had considered suicide, uh, and, and I was at my lowest ebb. And there may be somebody who's listening out there right now. And what I would say is, hey, you're not alone. Uh, you're not the first, no matter what mistake you made. And this is not forever. That, that, that there's more ahead of you. You're not alone because Jesus Christ is there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I would say, start with a prayer. <laughs> I can tell you that there was a time in my life where I was getting a divorce. I'd lost my job. I was being humiliated in the newspaper seemingly every day. Uh, I didn't have enough money in my little change jar to go to Taco Bell. And um, I, 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 I'm a little concerned, and I don't tell this often, probably shouldn't tell it now, because it might give the wrong impression. <clears throat> But I prayed, I kid you not, 
you know, God help me. I had nothing else but turning to God. Uh, Lincoln had a one saying that he often had found himself on his knees because he had no place else to go. Mm. And, and I had no place else to go except get on my knees. And I, as I'm praying, I kid you not, Paul, um, I'm on my knees and there's a slot in the door where they deliver the mail in this one bedroom apartment I'm in. And a, um, the mail comes and an envelope hits the linoleum floor and it hits it so that I can tell that it's, you know, a little heavy. And when I get through praying, I go up and get it. And they had, uh, they had actually repossessed my car that day. Mm. <laughs> and all of a sudden I got a American express, um, credit card in the mail that because my credit had been so good was still good. And I had like $30,000 worth of credit on this thing. And I thought to myself, hey, can it be that easy? <laughs> I pray and God provides. And it's not all that easy. And it's not just that. And it's not about having more credit on your credit card. But it is about the fact that you're not alone. Right. And that God has a plan. And that I, I believe <clears throat> when I screwed up in life, it wasn't that God had turned his attention someplace else and I caught him by surprise. It was that God knew I was going to go through this, and he knew that I was going to go through this for a reason. And he knew that in the midst of my depression and my loneliness and my shame, that there was richness that I could wrap my arms around. And if I could kind of grab that pain and not let it go, that maybe I might be more than just a politician, that I might become a great dad or a great husband someday or a great friend. And and I will tell you in my life, I, I, I say this humbly, I think God gave me all those gifts and blessed me with those things. Um, I went through a divorce with a, a dear lady who's the mother of my kids and my grandmother of my, some of my grandsons, and uh, she's still a friend today. Um, and she's a great mother and she's a great kid, but we got divorced and uh, I ended up having to take care of my kids half the time. And you know what? Uh, nobody wants a divorce and I'm not sure it's a good thing, but I can tell you in my life, Paul, because I had to take care of my kids, man, they were in the ball game I missed. Mm. Uh, I had to give them baths sometimes in the middle of trying to do a deal to pay the rent. Uh, and my boys and my grandchildren and my family now mean more to me than they ever did than when I thought I was a big politician, uh, you know, doing big things. Well, that and, and so God's blessed me through that. And I would say to people out there who are going through it, you're not alone. God is with you. There's a purpose even in this. And there's better days ahead. Mm. That is a good word and a hopeful word, and I think a lot of people are appreciate that because they need it, and, and you've delivered that. Um, David, in our remaining time, I thought it would be kind of fun since you're in your career at the Hall of Fame, you kind of became known as the guy who knocked on the door and who, who delivered the good news, and uh, you obviously have crossed paths with so many people. And I, I pulled up the list of inductees from the years you were in, and I thought if I just kind of rattled off a few names, if you could just give me some initial thoughts, not long uh, you know, biography, biography, but like memories that you might have. And the first I, you know, we all love and was an inductee in 2016 was uh, Tony Dungy. 
What uh, when you hear yeah. when you hear Tony Dungy, what do you think of? You know, I used to tell people there's that old adage, uh, when you're hanging around airports with athletes and stuff like that, who are the three people that you go to deal dinner with if you could? And you can't be Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and I used to say Billy Graham, um, uh, Walt Disney, and Tony Dungy before I knew Tony Dungy. Wow. And uh, and I got to go to dinner with Tony Dungy lots of times because of that. Uh, but uh, uh, Tony Dungy, um, if I had to summarize it, he gave me a verse in the aftermath of the George Floyd deal. And he is a great man of conviction and sometimes gets criticized for that. Um, but it's uh, Romans twelve twenty one. It's do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by doing good. Mm. And uh, he is a great man of God. Uh, and he will be... He will be in eternity long after his bronze bust in Canton, Ohio, turns to dust. <laughs> well, we love him, and, and I can see why you admire him as you do. Um, next year, the class of 17, one of the names that jumped out at me was Kurt Warner. Uh, what do you think of <laughs> yeah, when you Kurt, think of him? I love I love Kurt. I got to know Kurt and his wife, Brenda, in, um, in the Arena Football League when I was commissioner there. And so I got to see him. You know, back when he was bagging groceries at the High V, and see him get to the Rams, and how great that first couple of seasons was when he was uh, so quick and fast and accurate and such a gunslinger. Uh, but I also came to love, long before the rest of the world did, uh, the man that he is, the man of God he is, the man of faith he is, uh, the, the 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 heart that he had for Brenda and his family. And let me tell you. Brenda's, Brenda's a former Marine sergeant, and, and she she is in his corner, but uh, she's tough. And, and they're a formidable couple together. And uh, one of the coolest things I've ever seen in all those uh, NFL players' life, that some of the bio picks that you see there, was, and I told her this, but there's a piece at the end where Brenda is talking about Kurt. She says, I am so thankful that God allowed me to share this man's life. Mm. And I think it's such a sweet, wonderful, loving thing to say. But it is an incredible life. Long before Kurt Warner, uh, there was Dan Yankees. And I'm trying to think of the protagonist's name. I think it was Joe Martin or something like this. But if you remember, you deal with the devil to be a great football player. And Kurt Warner, he didn't make a deal with the devil, but he made a deal with God. And God made him a Hall of Fame football player. If you haven't seen the movie, uh, I forget the name of the movie now. That he, they, American uh, Underdog. Ah, such a great film. If you haven't seen it, pull it up on uh, wherever you get your movies. Um, I'm going to show a little homerism here since I, I'm based in Colorado. Next year was Terrell Owens. Yeah, yeah. Terrell is was a wonderful is a wonderful guy, uh, but he had a very short career. You know, he was only in the league uh, a little over six years. Uh, he had some horrible migraines, but you know. Uh, if, if you don't have Terrell, uh, you know Terrell, you know, or are you talking about uh, uh, Terrell Davis? Terrell. Oh, Terrell Davis. That's I'm, well. Yeah, yeah. Terrell Owens. What's right? What, what what team did Terrell Owens play for? Well, Terrell Owens played for Philadelphia. He played for the uh, the uh, the San Francisco Forty Nine ers. Oh, that's right. He also You're played right. a little bit for the Cowboys. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Uh, Okay. But I think you were talking about Terrell Davis because of Colorado. That's right. That's and, right. And he had a short career. He had migraines, and you know. But he also, you know, kind of made all this happen 
uh, you know, for John Elway to win Super Bowls and for Pat Bowen to win Super Bowls. And uh, wonderful guy, wonderful smile, uh, great celebration for him in the Hall of Fame. Well, it has been a terrific time talking with you, David, and uh, so kind of you to give us the time. Um, you have um, influenced a lot of people, have crossed paths with a lot of people. You continue to do so, I know. Um, uh, we have a mutual friend in, in Doug Burney, and uh, it's fun to keep up on your activities through him. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today. Paul, thank you, and thanks for what you're doing, and keep doing good. Well, blessings to you. Uh, this is I'm Paul Batura. This is What a Life, Lessons from Legends. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, as uh, we close out the show, Dr. Bill Meyer will tell you how to get a hold of us if you want to reach out, if we can be of any help to you. Please don't hesitate and uh, join us next time for another great conversation with someone whose life can influence yours and make a difference. Thanks for listening to What a Life with Paul Batura. Let him know what you're thinking. Follow Paul on Twitter at Paul Batura. Or you can reach out to him on email at paul at paulbatura.com. Most importantly, live a life that emulates the admonition of the Apostle Paul, whose teachings are the inspiration for this show. Writing to believers at Philippi, Paul urged them, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We'll see you next time on What a Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.